1: Marketing usually doesn't work because a lot of business owners will approach it strictly from the tactical point of view.
0: Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I wanna thank you for taking your sweet, beautiful, precious time to spend it with me and my amazing guests today. Um, as we're moving into spring, I just feel like this undercurrent of energy where people are wanting to refresh and they're wanting to maybe look at things a little bit differently. We're kind of coming out of our hibernation. We had harvest season, then hibernation, and now we're like, hmm, what can we spring clean in our businesses and, um, and move forward and, and elevate which PS next Next um, season of the podcast is all going to be themed around elevating, so a um, little sneak peek there. But today we have an amazing woman. Um, when we were scoping her out and checking checking out her background and her beliefs and her business mentality, we were super excited. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, so Orshi Herbane, a partner at Brand Three, knows if you don't have a clear message and image, you could be wasting as much as of your marketing budget. She is here with some actionable ways to help business owners rethink marketing and stop wasting time and money and accelerate business growth. With her unique perspective as a visual problem solver, Orshi is a great asset to have with us today. I know you're going to enjoy what she teaches us today. Orshi, welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I do have one question that before we get into everything, I mean, you're a brand expert, so I have to know where did the name brand three come from? How did you arrive on that name for your business? I didn't
1: arrive on that name. Um, it was part of the merger that um, I, uh, I went through. So I merged with Matt Christ, my business partner in 2016, and he owned brand three design Okay, and we dropped design and kept brand three, but originally I know the story. Uh, brand three was standing for uh, print, display, and web, but internally it stands for Father Son Holy Spirit because we're uh, uh, we're Christian, and uh, and um, now it stands the three stands for branding, marketing, and customer experience or so experience. Good. So so. Print display web kind of elevated into, to what matters. And, and we're always looking at brands holistically and you got to look at brand marketing and experience all
0: at once in order to make sure that uh, it you can create traction. 100%. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're going to have an amazing conversation today. All right, everybody buckle up. Um, even that, that alone, the, the different layers that you have to that and how you perceive things. I just love the depth of that. So thank you for sharing. Um, so marketing is really complicated these days. There's so many different tactics you can use. It's it's easy to get lost in somebody else's strategy that doesn't necessarily work for you. So when you are rethinking marketing and you're encouraging others to rethink marketing, what is your secret to making marketing work? Great
1: question. Um, marketing usually doesn't work because a lot of business owners will approach it strictly from the tactical point of view. If you're asking uh, any business owner right now, what they think when they think marketing, they'll tell you, Oh, Google ads, social media, Facebook, website, uh, ads in the paper, direct mail, value pack, like all these kind of <laughs> tactics that are, are, you know, utilized on a day-to-day basis. But, when, when we talk about rethinking marketing, we're really t- talking about creating an alignment with the brand that your business have, with the audience that you're after and really elevating value points before you go to market, really positioning you in a way that when somebody looks from the outside in and that's your ideal customer, they actually have an opportunity to engage with something that resonates with them right away without thinking. And that's very, um, uh, very much something that relies on a strategic approach, you know? So, so you you're, you have to put aside the tactics for a while and really dive deep into that ideal customer and identify what they value and then elevate that in your brand. So when you put yourself out there, which is marketing, they see your brand and they're able to engage with it.
0: So agree. Um, I'm a very emotional person, like very emotional and not that I cry at the drop of a hat. Like I'm actually a very like stoic person, but inside I have the tsunami of emotions going on at all times, which is great for coaching. But I really believe that that is what helped me excel in branding and marketing because when I look at a brand, I'm like, what is the emotional connection that you're making with your potential customer or your existing customer? What are you triggering inside of them that they don't even understand is being triggered in order to get them interested in you? And not from a place of manipulation, but from a place of service. So how do you, when you're talking about um, When you're talking about that alignment, which I love that word um, of brand and audience, and you're digging into that ideal customer profile and can can we just stop calling it an avatar? Holy crap. I hate that. I think of just a face in a box and I'm like, no, it's a whole person. Anyways, sorry. Diatribe. Um, When you're thinking about the alignment of brand to audience, how do you determine the emotional connection when you're working with a client and you're trying to get that response that you're looking for?
1: So it it really starts with the ideal, right? So so a lot of our customers fall into the trap of being everybody's everything, uh, yeah. and you know they do have a lot of they do have a lot of different kind of clients. But I always ask them, who is the best? Which which client is the one that you just would love to have a hundred of?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's it's Thomas. Okay, well, let's look at Thomas. Let's look at everything and analyze Thomas to pieces on w- <laughs> what he is, what he's thinking, what's his background, is he type A, is he creative, is he whatever, like, you know, psychographics, demographics, you know, all of that. Let's put it all together and see where we can find more Toms. That's really the question. Yeah. and. Uh, a lot of times branding, the, the, the type of branding that we do is, is mostly a rebrand because these businesses have already had a chance of being uh, in service for a while and they kind of have an idea on what works and what doesn't from the inside. But that's part of the problem. These businesses are always looking from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they put things on their website that isn't connecting with an audience because they are using industry-specific lingos <laughs> that your ideal customer might not know. I mean, if your ideal customer is somebody like a church lady, you know, they're not going to know everything that there is to know about um, putting in a no- new church door. And if you're using those specific languages, then you lose them because you're not able to connect. But they will understand protection, beauty, security, things like that, that are their, their basic marketing language. So what we do is we take this ideal customer, um, see if we may even have a testimonial from them. We, we kind of analyze their experience with the company, what they value, and kind of ask the question, like, is this really the heart of the business? Because it's also important that that ideal customer values the why this business was put together, right? You know, mm-hmm. so so if, if, if I go into business and I really have a passion for eliminating ma- marketing waste, right? And I'm doing that for my customers, and they value it, and that's that's you know apparent in my business brand. You know, I am working from the heart. I'm doing my best work. I enjoy my work, and I enjoy yeah. giving it to people who value that back, right? So. It's very helpful to have somebody like me, an outsider, you <laughs> yeah. know, because what I'm gonna do is exactly what the business owner most often can't, because just just too in, can't see is, the forest for the trees. Al- I'm gonna always put myself in their audience's shoes and look from the outside in. You know, I'm gonna pretend to be the church lady. I'm gonna pretend to be Thomas, and I'm gonna be looking at that brand from the outside in and make sure that we're using the words and the pictures and the colors. And everything that will kind of underline that value benefit and connect with me instantly. That clarity of message and image is so important because I'm not going to sit there and ponder what this company is doing. If I have to do that, the phone rang, the kids cry, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. called me, you lost me. Don't make me think so that hard. <laughs> yeah, if you, you're not able to connect that immediately within seconds, then you're lost at audience.
0: So beautiful. Every aspect of everything you just said. Um, I, I often will say when I'm talking about branding from stage, it's like, okay, who remembers the iPod when that first came out? Right. We were all doing the five CD disc changer in our in our, uh, trunks of our car and at a red light, we'd go back and we would, you know, maybe switch out the CDs that we had on there. And so Apple comes out with this, this device that was different and nobody would know at all, like what this thing would do or how, because we're used to CDs and what they could have done out of just sheer pride of all this amazing technology that they came up with and like good for them, they should be proud of that. But if they brought that pride forward to the consumer and was like, oh, it's a four inch diagonal widescreen display with multi-touch IPS technology and a 1136 by 640 pixel resolution at 326 PPI. Like who's going to buy that? It'd be like, I don't know what that is. But what they did do was they said, it's a thousand songs in your pocket. You want one of those? Heck yeah, I do. What are you even talking about right now? Sign me up. What does it cost? I don't care. I want a thousand songs in my pocket. Totally different perspective. Selling the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and forest for the trees too. I have to say I'm a globally recognized branding expert. However, I spent large sums of money last year working with another branding company because I know that you can't see the forest for the trees. You get so in your business. And even if you can't afford um, an orshi or another firm, get somebody else who isn't so deep in the weeds of your business, somebody who maybe might be either objective or could be an ideal customer. Go to your ideal customer. Um, I have one, I just talked to her yesterday. Um, she knows she's my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorites. And I like to bounce things off of her because I know if it delights her, then that's good because I want everybody to, to be like this particular person because she does her work. So, um, so many good takeaways from that, that I hope everybody's taking notes on. Um, so let's talk about once you're able to take your blinders off and forget about all the technical things that you think are so great about what you created and you get into that consumer mind. How does that, like, how do you take all that information and shape a powerful identity? Where do we even begin with that?
1: So it, it begins with the knowledge of who that is, who we are building it for. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what needs to happen, uh, there's an extraction process, right? Cause the, the business has certain processes, certain values, certain, uh, strengths, weaknesses, you know, threats, uh, you know, all the SWAT work that we do, uh, kind of figuring out um, the basics. Also, they have a vision and a goal, right? So we are building the brands for the customer, right? But we're building it with the business goals in mind, the business owner's goals in mind, because we want them to succeed. I want my clients to be succeeding in their business, right? Absolutely. The entire point of branding is to really enable you to give you know um, uh, start seeing some traction with your marketing efforts right and then you're able to bring that in but it's very important for you under for you to understand is that once the, those ideal customers starts flocking in you need to deliver the experience you need to deliver on that brand every brand makes a promise right yeah and then you yeah. need to make sure that that promise is not only fulfilled but m- Mostly, we're going to try to exceed client expectations, right? So, when we look at when we look at branding a company uh, and and trying to put um, this brand together and building identities, you know, again, we're always looking from the outside in. We're gonna we're going we're gonna look at what Thomas and the church lady and et cetera will see when they look at this brand. Will it resonate with them message wise? But then we're also looking at uh, simplifying and always simplifying. And I look at it again. Can we even be more simple? More simple. If you look at the Nike swoosh, you know, if you look at Target, you know, those identities are able to now live without even the words Nike. You will recognize that I have went into my kids um, third grade, grade class a couple of years ago and did a career day presentation on branding. I kind of like went in like brands are friends and blah, 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 like all this, you know, but I, I'm like starting to draw on a whiteboard. What's this? And they're like, Nike. And I just start drawing a circle and another circle inside just target. They know kids know like little seven, eight year olds know the brands without the word because that's what we call the retention, right? So we cannot possibly build an identity that the market is unable to retain because it's too complicated. Mm. Now in this case we are talking about symbols, but we're also talking about words. And sometimes for small business, it's actually pays off to be a little bit literal, right? Yeah. You yeah. could have uh, I was I was doing um uh, a brand for a company called ICSC, right? Well, no, it wasn't ICSC, it was um oh my gosh, they had such a long name. I don't even uh, <laughs> it was it was literally uh some interactive whatever technology corp or whatever it was it was like a crazy name and in fact it wasn't even that because there was no technology inside you read that and you didn't know is this a medical practice is this a lawyer is this a a uh, you know like a technology firm what 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 am I looking at and then they have something like a weird tagline like delivering excellence or something like
0: that (laughs) which is just so vague you know so you could pick them up and throw them out and put any other brand in there and that would speak the same nobody
1: nobody can relate to that so you know some when we talk about making an immediate collection you have an opportunity with your identity with your logo to say a lot i call myself a visual problem solver it's all about communication yeah how can yeah. i say more with less wow. and in in, yeah. in 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 a you know let's say if i was nike and I wanted to open a business, small business called Nike, not this giant corporation that Nike actually is, but just want to open a corner store called Nike. And I'm going to sell tennis shoes, right? You go out there and you call it Nike and you just do it as a small business that doesn't have billions of dollars to spend on on brand awareness. People are going to be like, I have no idea what you're selling. Not but gonna if work. you go out there, it, Nike, uh, you know, stylish tennis shoes, shoes, they immediately can connect. So in 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 a having a descriptor, you know, or having a tagline that that allows you to, you know, if if you, for example, were at ICSC and you're an IT company, you could say delivering IT excellence. Immediately, you weave out a whole bunch of unqualified leads that may walk into your life and be like, oh, I thought you guys were this and this consulting. Well, no, because we are IT consulting, it's very clear from the identity. So all the way, all of a sudden, those guys aren't coming. Some of these construction companies that may have commercial versus residential, right? Well, yeah. maybe or they only, commer- all the, all, only commercial and then they are called XYZ construction. Now, if you just say XYZ, that's your identity and then underneath commercial construction, all your residential calls will go away. Nobody will ever call you to, to, you know, remodel their kitchen or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because that's not what you do. You do commercial construction. So how can we make it crystal clear with very little and then really making those connections? And just remember, your market might not know those lingos that you, you are selling, but your market actually might know. If you are... A commercial uh, construction company that works with a general contractor. Gen- that general contractor will look at lingos like you know, you know, project budget, blah blah blah. All these things that are part of their lives. So you you could incorporate that into your brand. But you know, if you're selling something technical to to the average folks, you know, then exactly just what you said with the with the iPod experience. You know, you don't wanna muddy the waters with all the details that literally mean mean absolutely nothing to them. Even if this is the coolest technology, it means nothing to the market. What means to them something? Thousand songs in my pocket. That's exactly right. You know, that's what they value. They don't value the acronyms and the certifications and the <laughs> gigabytes and the whatever, because they can't relate to that. So you really have to be market-specific when you're building these brands?
0: Yeah. I have to say, um, when I first launched my business, my legal business name is actually Moxie Internal Relations. My entire career has essentially, not that I haven't done external work because I have, obviously, um, I have to with my business and businesses I've owned or in different positions I've had, but the chunk of my career has been internal relations. So, that's employee, alumni, member, um, fan, like that sort of thing. And so it's it's really about engaging in a deeper level, your internal publics who are already committed to you, who have already voted, yes, I'm a part of your brand. And then when you amplify that, then you amplify the external brand. So that's that's been my jam. Um, so I called it Moxie Internal Relations, Moxie meaning energy, energy. Um, Now I can't even think about it. Energy, um, determination, um, drive maybe is in there. And then what happened was, is I had a strong personal brand and I didn't even know it. And so people were uh, calling and they would get the voicemail and and they would say, oh, um, I'm actually looking for Amber Hurdle. And then they would write checks to Moxie International or they would write checks to Amber Hurdle. And it just got to be comical that nobody knew my brand name. And at the time, let's be real, most people didn't know what an employer brand was. Now everybody's like, we gotta fix our employer brand. We can't hire or keep anybody, and it's way easier for me. But there's there's that side of things too. And so people like me who are speakers, thought leaders, um, authors, you know, online personalities, whatever. Can you give your opinion on, like, to me, I was just like, fine, whatever, I'll be Amber. And I called multiple experts in marketing and and public relations in my life. I'm like, what do I do? Like, do I just do this? They're all like, heck yes. When, so this is my experience. It's not the right way. And when people ask me about this, I'm like, there is no right way. (laughs) This is the choice that I made for my business at the time, which some days I regret and sometimes days I don't. So if you are working with a company like mine, Because a lot of my listeners are like me, what would you advise them to do if they were thinking about rebranding to a personal brand or rebranding out of a personal brand to a solid business brand?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's all about your goals and vision, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a company like Moxie or Brandtree or whatever, and your customer, your, you ask your customers to give you testimonials. Um, you will uh, you will uh, not be in a great shape if every, everybody wants to work with Orshi, or if right. everybody wants to work with Ember. If your goal is to sell the company or exit sometimes or transition out of it or grow it to a larger size, where you are in a position where you're delegating and your employees have to deliver the experience versus yourself. If you, if your goal is to be an Oprah or an Amber hurdle or somebody who is giving speeches and really your brand is depending on you and your expertise alone, and you're not necessarily asking people to deliver an experience for you just yet, because you know the Michael Hyatt's and the uh, Oprah's, they can do that eventually as, as you're growing to, to that level. But you know, the the, the the caveats of a personal brand is that it's you. It's you, you get sick. nobody's doing it work. You better you. show up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you know that's 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 if you if you're not working, then there's no money. That's right. Right? That's kind of like the, the, the caveat of it. Again, that can be a lifestyle and a goal of a person, and that's perfectly fine but you know if you want to grow uh, your business into a larger territory or larger organization you want you want to have um less of an owner dependency and that's what i call it right then it's very important for a brand like that who gets calls like oh i want to work with Orshi orshi i want Orshi to do it blah 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 i can't do everybody's brand you know right. i really okay. need to have a team that can do majority of the work and then maybe I'll come in with strategy or something like that. But even that has to be passed along to somebody at some point so I can serve more people, right? What's important then is to value, I mean, um, to transfer uh, transfer the value of the owner or the value of that person into the brand. And that's Mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. So we kind of extract, well, what's so great about Orshi? Responsiveness, you know, meeting deadlines, you know, really solid, you know, hardcore strategy, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera. And then I'm taking that and then I'm building a team who can deliver that for my employees. So whether it's Orshi or Billy or Bob or Susanna, it doesn't matter because my customers are getting the value that they're signing up for. And it, when we stop talking about Orshi and start talking about brand three, and I, I get a lot of stuff like, you know, on Google reviews, Orshi was great. And then yeah, You're your like, that's not, not helping to, our SEO. You're <laughs> a brand to really help, you know, we, we, we strive to do whatever. And then, you know, I I, I kind of like st- stop using the word, I did this. We did it, you know, right. so kind of like right. that language. So again, it just depends on, uh, on, on goals of individuals and business owners. So, you know, yes, absolutely. You can be a consulting business and grow your personal brand. But no, no, the downside is that it's just harder to scale. If someone were to buy... Amber Hearst right now. And then you went away, then what, what would happen?
0: Absolutely. You know, like- yeah, you can't. And exactly. and that's, that's the thing. I mean, like I can extract a piece of my business and make that a separate entity and then sell that if, if that's what I want my exit strategy to be, but I can't sell me. And like, even thinking about going into partnership with somebody in my existing brand, I cannot, because I cannot give my identity a price tag to let somebody else buy into the business. Like that's not an option. I mean, it's always an option, but it's obviously not an option for somebody who wants to own their name and personal reputation. So um, thank you for walking us through that and and helping give that guidance to those who are, I I get asked that quite a lot. Um, And I'm always like, well, (laughs) let's talk about it. But I do think-
1: The solution is to really think through the values that you bring and then build it into the brand and really stop using, you know, like if you were to transition out of Amberhurst because mm-hmm. you wanted to, maybe what you do is set up a sub-organization right. and really just just really building an organization on the values. And you can have buy Amberhurst or blah, blah, blah. And then eventually that drops off. But then now you're bringing, you know, it, it, and there's always a transition part, right? right. But right. it's all about, and just remember, you're going to always solve new markets, you know, right. a lot of a lot of businesses will have an influx of new mark- markets. So even if they have longer, because they're selling a relationship and they have longer uh, customer retention, their customers are sticking around for several years. They're always gonna have new markets, and those guys don't care what you were. Right. They Care about what you are. Right. You know, and that's very important to to you know like don't get hung up on the past. Just focus on the on on where you want to go, and how you know. That's 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 the the whole value piece, you know. In in terms of blending the vision of the owner and uh, the needs and values of that i um, value points for that ideal customer, that's kind of what branding is. So
0: agree. (laughs) Well, and even like as a personal brand, I just want to throw this out there audience, you know, this, I often say, most of the time say we, or us or our, because I know it's my face and my name, but like knowing getting you on the podcast, that was Amy. Amy said, Hey, I think this person is going to be a great person. And we talk through it. Jean is going to take this and she's going to edit it and she's going to upload the show notes and she's going to put it in the distribution channels. And she's going to handle all of that. Um, I would have, Probably run out of gas last night and had a challenge and a terrible day today. Is Sophia who's my personal assistant, didn't go take my car to go put gas in it because Lord knows I will go until it's on empty. And then like cram as much into a day as possible. So we don't want Amber handling everything. <laughs> like that's, that's not going to be a good outcome for anybody. So it's, it's best that the team that's ideal to do like those type of things does it. And then I step into what I'm good at. So I just, I guess I want to encourage, like, even if you're a personal brand, if you have a team recognize that team. There's no way on God's green earth that I can even take a stage if it wasn't for all the work that's getting done behind the scenes with my incredible team. Um, so thank you for that. Okay. So let's talk. I know we're kind of getting short on time, but I do want to get your opinion on the brand essentials that you need to ensure market retention. Well, let's start. Can you start out? What do you mean by market retention? What does that term mean? And then how, what do you have to have in place to ensure that you can accomplish that?
1: So one of the most expensive real estates you can own is a peace of mind. (laughs) right so uh, that's what market retention is so for example there are a lot of businesses that have um that are need-based right for example maybe a roofing company you know you will get a lot of calls when somebody need to they need to replace a roof but that happens what every 10 20 years who knows i don't even know what's the longevity of a roof right Mm -hmm. but it's a need-based brand Does that mean you're not marketing to the average customer? No, because you know what? When that need happens, you want to be top of mind. And that's what we mean by retention. Oh my gosh, a tree just fell on my roof. I need to call Tim. these guys. That's who I would call. I'd call Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Because they are the ones who are in front of you, like they are coming out of the tap or whatever. Of course, that's expensive. That's what we call brand awareness marketing, right? Yeah. And that's part of the race you're getting retention. Now a lot of um uh, a lot of businesses aren't necessarily um, at a time of need, but they still need to have that retention. So tools for retention is simplicity. That seems to be be a thing for you, (laughs) Horshi. Do not overcomplicate. Clarity, just be clear. Like, you know, don't make them think. Don't make your audience think. If you are this, then you say that I'm this, you know, reliable partners for commercial construction. Boom. I mean, if I want pillows, I'm not going to call you, right? Mm -hmm. Just be crystal clear, right? consistency. Do not have a beautiful truck and a really shitty looking website. Because Mm -hmm. if your truck was really great looking and, you know, uh, created a value point enough for someone to visit your website and it's a completely different look and feel. And I'm not even recognizing, I'm going to think that I went to the wrong place. That's right. We learn from national brands, impeccable consistency of use of your brand. So, you're using it consistently in terms of your business card looks and feels the same way as your brochure, looks and feels the same way as your website, looks and feels the same way as your social media accounts, and you're driving that value point over and over again. So mm-hmm. when we brand a company, it has to be applied across the board, and we usually don't like trickling out brands. We have an actual brand launch date event, you know, where we're we we're setting it's 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 a celebration, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everything is usually overhauled by then. But well, the last thing you want to do is hand a business a, a brand, a rebranded business card to someone, and they go to an old-looking website and That's they right. to be all used, That's you know right. what I mean. Right. So don't do that. Consistency is super super important. Um, and then you know, in terms of simplicity, is just a, that mark. Having a mark like the Nike swoosh versus something something that looks like an illustration or whatever, the quality, mm-hmm. the quality. So you, you mean I understand. can't pick
0: out an icon on VistaPrint and just roll with that? That won't serve me well. You might get lucky, and it's a neat icon. And it's like the scissors stuff. and the brush that are no. next to each other, and I'm a salon. <laughs> no, uh,
1: yeah, I hear you. So unique. For for identity parts, unique mark that's really simple and easy to retain, right? Right. The swoosh works because it's so simple. You know, I don't I'm that allows someone to just remember it all the time. And it appears always the same way consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Same colors, the color palette, right? Mm-hmm. Same fonts, all that thing is just adding to that look and feel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality is really important too, because we actually did the test. So we did a, uh, a local auto shop that had an old brand and then we rebranded them to a national quality brand, right? Mm-hmm. And that just means it's really professionally done, high quality, you know, it's everything is consistent. And you put the old logo and then you put the new logo next to each other. And then you tell somebody, let's just pretend you break down on 95 and you have to look up the nearest auto shop <laughs> to do Helmuth oh, Hil- before or Helmuth after. And everybody picks Helmuth after because the what we learn from that national quality brands that are constantly bombarding us and in, in our faces is this impeccable consistency, impeccable simplicity and impeccable quality That's of right. image. You know, because brand isn't your logo, isn't your website, mm. isn't your mm. truck isn't any of that brand is a perception it say it again in,
0: sister for the people in the back in one the more time mind
1: of your audience because when you put something in front of me and i look at it i'm gonna start formulating thoughts and feelings about it and it will stick yeah oh i don't like that yeah. or dang where does these guys i just this is what i need yeah let me read on. And literally that's all you need is just to capture and then they'll read on. So don't start with, we are a family on business, Uh Uh, been in business for 30 years and you know, we are great. Nobody cares.
0: Nobody cares.
1: You know, we build exceptional or or we, you know, uh, you deserve exceptional outdoor living. That's, mm. what, that's what you go with as a yes, I do. you know exactly Don't bring me and you, what i know i deserve you deserve a paradise in your backyard to your elite customers that are looking for a, uh, an exceptional outdoor living experience you know and you come in here like i've been in this for 35 years we're family owned those are our value points no your value points is these beautiful freaking pools and outdoor kitchens
0: that you're building. That's your value points where emotional connection happens, yes, where yes. memories are made, where families are nurtured, where amazing food and smells and the smell of the grill and the the breeze in the air and the water in your pool that comes up. And I mean, like that's all happening. And you're going to talk about you're in 30 years of business and you're a family owned business. Like that's fine. If, if that's a key differentiator in your particular market to like add that as a, oh, and here's what makes us different, but that's not what you lead with. Yeah. 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 Because
1: you know what? If I have two amazing companies approaching me with paradise in my backyard and one of them is family owned and I'll choose to do that because that matters to me, Right. that's good. So I'm not saying
0: bury it, but don't leave it. Don't leave it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, every time you look at something, audience and Amber and Orshi, the first question you ask yourself is what's in it for me? That's right. If you can answer that question with your brand, when somebody looks at your brand and they don't know what's in it for them, they see us go bounce deuces.
0: I will add too. I always ask whether you're trying to, um, uh, market to somebody or you're trying to sell an idea to always ask from their perspective what's in it for me? And then the second thing I always like to ask is what am I afraid of? Because if you can figure out what they're afraid of, then in your body copy, in on your sales page, you don't lead with it. but you can overcome those objections. If you can think about like why they might not buy, then because they're afraid of this, like in my industry, and I'm sure you've experienced this too in your um, in your company, um, people get burned because they pay obscene amounts of money from these online marketers who promise you that they're going to help you with their business. And they, they charge this outrageous amount of money that they have done nothing to earn the right to, I mean, other than I just feel like it. And so people be, because they're like, oh, well they they look flashy online. Like I'm going to pay them this God money and, and then they get nothing they they don't or, have any type of transformation
1: thousands and thousands of unqualified leads
0: oh my gosh right there's
1: nothing worse you just spend 3 hours swifting through uh you know 95 leads and then one is okay right and so that's um <laughs> and you know that's what they promised you they promise you leads and you get a crap ton of them but uh-huh. they're all trash
0: they're all so, trash And so if that's the fear, like if I'm going to do, if I want to do business with Amber or if I want to do business with you and the fear is I've tried this before and it didn't work. I spent a lot of money and I got no return then somewhere like I'm pretty snarky about it in my social media. I'll just call it out. Um, but, but that does like ping at people like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. So you get what I've been through and, and you're maybe different. So,
1: And, and also I think, uh, what I would call exactly what you're describing is, is, uh, is the brand brand's ability to show empathy.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like for example, if I'm an IT business and I'm catering to a small business owner, it's a fact. IT is hard and complicated. And you know what? You're a landscaping business. <laughs> why are you trying to do that? Right. Let us take that burden off your shoulder. And right. you know why right. here I can now show you my authority piece I've been 30 years of business. I have helped millions of well, hundreds of business owners, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. But showing empathy is really important. After you start with the value, you know, seamless IT solutions for small business. Thank God. That's what I need. My- I'm trying to run my own, own ID. IT. IT is really hard. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> really hard. I, and you are, you know, you you need to focus on what you do best, which is running your business. I would like to, but I'm struggling with email, right? So, anyways, you're 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 really getting uh, somebody on the hook like that because you're speaking to their needs and you're showing them empathy. Then you show that you're authorized to solve the problem, and. You know, the last section of it is just making sure that it's an easy engagement. Don't make it like, uh, we have a 16-step uh, process. You mm-hmm. want, I don't want 16-step process, process. Make it one, two, three. Having, you you know, uh, having a seamless IT uh, for your small business is as easy as one, two, three. Step one, schedule a call. Step two, come up with a plan. Step three, let us implement it and have peace of mind. You know what I mean? Huh. Three steps to peace of mind. Thank you. That's all And you and I both know that there's a million steps in between. It's just not what matters at that first uh, uh, point of engagement. Because if you make it too complicated, they'll never call you. This sounds too, this is too much. I I don't think I can, I don't have time for this, you know. So make it very simple.
0: Well, and I'll, not to pick on this because it's an amazing company. I mean, this, this company is great. They have incredible support. However, they had a brand problem. Um, so if you're an online marketer, you probably know what Infusionsoft is. If you're a brick and mortar, maybe not. I, I do have some brick and mortar people that, that use it. And it is this remarkable um, marketing and sales automation tool. Like it is so fierce. However, it got the nickname Confusionsoft because it was so complicated to integrate. And I think what was happening is in the excitement of really growing the business and and gaining market share, they weren't being as... careful about who they were selling to and they were selling to people who were not ready for them. And so now you have people fussing all over the internet that it's too complicated. And it's like, well, no, it's too complicated for your business, but this business over here, that's actually what they need because they need all of those different functions. And if that's not what you need, then maybe you should go over here to convert kit or mailchimp or something like that. Maybe you don't need all of these bells and whistles. And so again, just going back to reiterate that if you are if you oversell to somebody who's not your ideal customer, it can bite you in the butt. So it's not just about like, I don't like doing business with these people. And now they're going to refer people just like them. And now I have a business full of people (laughs) I don't really want to work with. It's also that you can do damage because full circle back to one of your original points. If there's not an alignment between who we are and what we offer and what you need and the outcomes that you want, there's going to be friction and it's not going to be good for anybody. So,
1: and, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times as a branding company, when we are going through examining the, what is, we find obstacles. For example, I was uh, rebranding a private school and they're like, God, oh, we would just really love to have more students. And, and, you know, we're a hidden gem in the County and, 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 you know, we're very affordable for a private school and our curriculum is fantastic. I mean, you know, you couldn't tell that from their website. So, you know, we have rebranded them. But part of the thing is also, as you're going through the process, is solving obstacles that are hindering people to do business with you. So, you know, having a really complicated system that you would need to uh, install or, or you need a constant expert uh, on site, maybe that's not available and whatever. That can be very frustrating with that software that you described. But these guys, before and after care, they start 9 to 3.30. Pickup is at three thirty. People work nine to five. If I have to drop off at eight forty-five and I and I'm an hour working an hour away, not an option. This school is not an option for me. So implement the before and after care, so then people can uh, actually go to work and then you know that's not hard. It's just something that is necessary for you to be able to allow and invite more people in because you cannot be the private school for only people who are working from home. Right. You know, that's, that's not, that's not how you grow. And it's a new
0: revenue stream as well. I mean, like it's a no brainer. It's a win, win, win for everybody. Yeah. Um, But
1: just implementing that alone, you know, is because people want to go there. They just can't go there because it just doesn't align with their schedule, and that's a that's an obstacle. That's a solvable problem. Yeah, you know, for that uh, marketing company, you know, doing some user testings and things like that, and really, you know, if they want to be after that market that that is the lower tier, you know, then you know, how can we create a package or a solution that is less complicated, that's seamless, because. You can have the best software, but if people can't use it or best, then then it's, it's just, it's, it's actually useless, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, how do we overcome obstacles like that?
0: And, and a good example of just a wow experience that I had, um, and I'm a tech nerd. I'm, I'm like the biggest geek on the planet. I love uh, being an early adopter. Um, I was made aware of, um, a product called superhuman and it is an, it's an email, um, Platform, and so it looked kind of complicated to me at first. And I have ADD, like paper certified, diagnosed, and and so if there's too many steps between what I want and getting it done, it's not going to happen. The end. It doesn't matter how hard I try. Like it's not a limiting belief. That's just how it is. So. I get on this and I'm like, I don't know, this looks really great. And there's a lot of promises, but this looks like they're like control F and control K. And I have to memorize all these commands. Like, I don't think this is for me, but what superhuman does is they put you with a concierge and you actually have multiple, not just one, multiple um, meetings where they watch you process your email. And then they give you suggestions on how to use this particular um, email client to improve the speed of execution and keeping your inbox zero. And then you get homework and then they check on you. And then you're like, oh, this worked, but this didn't. And what my concierge immediately saw was that I was just like, listen, I'm not, I'm not memorizing all these shortcuts. Like that's just not going to happen. And she was like, oh, okay, no problem. Forget those. Here are the two that I think you'd really want to remember, no matter what. But other than that, let me show you how to just click with your mouse. And I was like, done. And I've been a client ever since. And it is an amazing software. And it and it's so intuitive the way that you can make it work. But if if I didn't have that concierge experience and like the training, according to me, if you will, I would have been like, nope, not for me. Moving on, still staying in Gmail, you know, my own little personal hell of email <laughs> That would have been the solution that I had. So um, I don't know if they... They started, I think, in Silicon Valley and they became like really big with um, tech startups and whatnot. So I don't know if once they emerged into, maybe I need to have them on the show and I'll definitely put, um, I think I have an affiliate link I'll put in the show notes, but I don't know if they, once they got out of that like high-tech hub, if they decided, oh, we probably need this concierge thing. Maybe that was an add-on for them too, who knows?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's all about that experience too. You got to make sure, you know, you can't make a promise or your brand can't make a promise. And then you're not, not delivering that. You know, if I drive by a billboard and it says we are great at customer service. And I literally just got off the phone after 45 minutes, tearing my hair out. I say, you're a liar. You know, (laughs) you're not, you're a liar. You're suck at customer service. It was the worst. And you know what? I'm going to tell it to everybody. That's right. A happy customer tells a billboard and you just, you know, in three seconds solve my problem and you were extremely courteous and helpful. I'm going to say, true that. That's right. You are great at customer service and I'm going to tell it to everybody that I, if will ever ask me, and if they need that kind of a service, I'll recommend them.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: there's an alignment again of that promise and the experience, right? So it's, it's how do we align all these things? That's right. <laughs>
0: That's and, and, in that particular company, um, I, recommend them to my clients because majority of my clients are neurodivergent. I recommend it to other speakers or thought leaders because we get not only our business email, but we get like audience member email and we get everybody pitching to us and we get everybody wanting to, you know, for us to promote this or promote that. And it's overwhelming. So I'm always like, Oh my gosh, you have to check out superhuman. Let me tell you, in fact, let me email my concierge. Like I'm so like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a um, Advocate. You're an advocate. Advocate. Yeah. Evangelist (laughs) was what I was going for, but advocate too. So, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I feel like maybe we need to have you back on the show um, maybe in in another season um, because the way that you present branding and marketing is just easy to absorb. And it's, and it's, um, I think a lot of people overcomplicate such a simple part of business. And while some of the tactics can get complicated and layered and, you know, when you're talking about, you know, email and, um, funnels and, you know, triggers and tagging and, um, you know, recreating audiences and mirror audiences and like you can get lost in the weeds, but, um, just strategy first strategy first and your ability to explain that in just common sense language is remarkable. So thank you so much for everything you've offered us today. Of course, No problem. I have one more question that I ask all guests. If you could give our bombshells, bold, brave, unwaveringly confident women in business, if you could give our bombshells one piece of parting advice that you want them to noodle around as they're continuing to drive to their business or running on the treadmill, what would that be?
1: So part of the reason I think I'm successful at what I do is because of uh, a, a very empathetic mindset, okay? So I, I feel like this entire thing of understanding your audience uh, and, you know, even understanding your employees because brand resonates internally, right? It's a culture that, that you know, you have to understand and even your employees will have an experience with, with the brand. Um, if, if, if my advice is, and, 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 in simple terms, empathy is you putting yourself in another person's shoes and, and, you know, that's what I'm telling you when I'm constantly in, in the shoes of the market, when I'm looking at the brands of my customers or even my, myself, I try to as much as I can look from the outside in. For all circumstances, whether it's your employees, put yourself in the employees point of, a point of view, your market's point of view, and then look from the outside in, forget all the things that you know about your business and look at a piece of material and just say, if I didn't know, would this make sense to me? And I think it's if, if, if a, a parting advice is practicing empathy, because I believe that you can. And yes, there are more. Uh, empathetic people—that's that's something that you're born with. But I think you can practice empathy 100%. and just say, "Okay, let me just try to become my client." And what do I see? You know, and if if, if that's hard, and ask, just ask questions from the outside in. What do you see? Tell me what you see, because what I'm trying to say is this: Do you see that? And you will find that you know, even just fine-tuning a word can Mm -hmm. can make a huge difference uh in how people perceive you because brand is a perception Mm -hmm. so that's that's the most important thing i would like to
0: pass on to your audience good (laughs) and we didn't get an appearance from your dog i'm disappointed (laughs) i know they're all snoozing. there's two
1: of them in the back here
0: (laughs) I'm dog, I'm dog sitting my, my grand puppy and he scratched at the door. So I don't know if you'll be able to hear that, but we did have one dog appearance in this. We were talking pre-show about the possibility and I was like, oh no, we're dog friendly. We're all dog friendly. So, um, well, first of all, thank you for all of your wisdom again and bombshells. Um, I, I think, I think you definitely want to follow. Um, make sure that you connect on social media. Um, so, if you there's Facebook, it's brand three, Inc. So, brand three, the number three, Inc. Um, and then LinkedIn is brand three. Um, you can follow Orshi on um, Instagram and it looks like um, O. Herbine. So, first initial, last name. And then we'll make sure that we put um, Orshi's LinkedIn uh, URL as well in the show notes. Um, and so, you know, we'll also put in, if this is something that you want to pursue um, in a deeper level with Orshi and her team um, or brand three in general, because you might not get Orshi. Uh, <laughs> we'll make sure to put a scheduling link in, in the show notes and the email and all that kind of stuff. So be sure you connect with her. I always, always, always encourage you, you know, we're in business. So connect on LinkedIn. Okay. You can spend your time on Facebook and you could get your therapy off Instagram. I'm not against that, but be a smart businesswoman and immerse yourself in the business world. And that happens on LinkedIn. So um, stay tuned for some more announcements that we have. And um, in the meantime, Orshi, I just wish you the best. And I, I really appreciate you blessing us today with your knowledge.
1: I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun.
0: Hey, so before we wrap up today, I just wanted to take a quick time out and let you know that if you're feeling like you have, an uphill climb to get your brand spruced up. We've got you. Silly me. I didn't even think about this as we were recording the episode, but hello, we have a branding course. So here's the thing. If you can't explain what makes you unique, you aren't standing out from your competition. So whether you're promoting your brand or you're enlisting the help of others in your marketing, or you're trying to train your team, you have to have a consistent competitive brand presence. If you've learned anything on this episode, you have learned that. So let's up-level your brand identity and your customer experience and check out the Velvet Machete business branding course. You can find it over at amberhurdle.com forward slash business dash branding to receive instant unlimited and lifetime access now so it's super easy peasy i give you templates i give you an example i walk you through everything we do it in bite-sized chunks everything has a video and a worksheet it's going to help you clarify your brand messaging identify your ideal customers craft your brand standards, develop your brand personality and your voice, define your one-of-a-kind features and benefits, and just truly so much more. This brand guide is going to become like the Bible for your business and it's super crazy affordable. So just go over to amberhurdle.com forward slash business dash branding. And again, you get it instantly. You don't have to wait for it. There is no drip. You just do it at your own pace. You can get it done like in a day and you'll have unlimited and lifetime access. Okay. Back to the episode. Thanks for listening to the bombshell business podcast. Visit amber hurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshell dot to grab my book and download the free bonuses.